0: Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, hey, lovely people. This is Steph here with Pastor Adam. Hello, hello. And we're back for another week of the Messy Walk Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. So right now we are on episode 129 of Things I Wish I Would Have Known When I Started Following Jesus and we only have 2, two episodes more, left and you of you will this have series.
1: completed your first series on the podcast. Woohoo. That quick.
0: It goes by really quickly. It goes by very
1: fast. Very fast. Yeah, we only got 2 left and uh, me and Steph were just talking before this. We have no idea what we're doing next. Um, so uh, that's kind of where our planning ends. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> we've got a couple more episodes to figure out what we'll be talking about next on the podcast. we got a couple different ideas we've floated around, but uh, we floated around for about 30 seconds. That's about all the planning we've done. So, um, yep. So, we're doing a bunch of things that we wish we would have known when we first started following Jesus. And today on episode 129, we're going to kick off the next to last one. Um, and so, today, Steph, what's the thing we wish somebody would have told us or wish we would have known when we first started following Jesus?
0: Churches are not perfect.
1: Churches are not perfect. Yes, churches are not perfect. Um, and we use some churchy words to get started. You begin to belong to a church. Um, and when I say church look I don't mean a building. we're talking like a group of people, right? And so of course a group of people typically are going to gather in a building, but that's not necessarily the case. That may be the case in America. But, you know, in large parts of the world, there are Christian churches who gather together because they're are churches of people, and they do it outside in fields, they do it in houses, they do it underground church in basements, right? It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a building. So um, I'm going to use some churchy words to get started. You may have began to be a part of the church body and kind of been unprepared for the level of dysfunction that the church can be. Um mm-hmm. And I don't even mean that. I'm like I'm not talking about a specific church. I'm talking about the church all across the board. All of us. Like you might have been unprepared for the here's your churchy term for the tares among the wheat. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a churchy phrase. A scriptural phrase. Right. You may have been unprepared for the sin in the camp. Um, you may have un, been unprepared for the arrogance among the righteous. Um, but it is there. Um, it, it was actually years of discouragement in the church for me um, as a young man following Jesus, right? So like coming to Christ and then being in the church that I grew up in as I came to Christ and thinking that, well, if everybody's Christians, then we ought to all be good and doing the right thing and not struggling, and you know what I mean, and that kind of stuff, and it was years of discouragement of realizing that there was a lot of arrogance among the righteous like there was a lot of these people that are saved and there was also racism and you know elitism and exclusion to people right um like I'll give you an I'll give you an example of discouragement when I was um I think I was about thirteen and I was a christ follower this was before I met Valerie and uh, we were at church on a Sunday and the church that I grew up at was a church that that was small country church, right? In the middle of Blanche slash Milton slash nowhere, Castle oh, yeah. County, North mm-hmm. Carolina, right? Um, and everybody that went to the church knew everybody. There wasn't that many people. As a matter of fact, all of them were related except for my family, right? We were the ones that weren't related. And so it was this just this small church, and everybody knew each other. So anytime somebody came in who was new, who we didn't know, everybody recognized that somebody was new there. And one Sunday um, – this man comes in who has extremely long hair. Um, he looks, he looks a little disheveled too, right? Um, he looks a little down and out, um, but he's here at this church in the middle of nowhere, right? And he had to drive to get there, and so he's there, and um, and he's everybody knows that he's n- new, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and he's engaging in the message. He's praising during the worship, you know, and singing the hymns and all that kind of stuff, and. And at the end of the church, I watched all kinds of church people shake his hand and say hello and all those things. And I was waiting for my parents to leave. You know how, you know, when you're a kid, your parents get to talking in the church and you're like, oh my gosh, please come on. You know this yes. because I know your daddy. Yes. <laughs> your daddy <laughs> He's can social. talk. Social bodybuilding. Yes, social. And there's been plenty of times where you're like, oh, dad, come on. Um, I'm hungry. I've been around <laughs> your dad, Russell, before and be like, Russell, stop talking. Ready Let's, to go. Eat. Let's go.
0: Let's <laughs> go. That's
1: enough. Anyway. Um, I was just sitting there waiting for my parents to finish up, and um, and then I noticed that that new gentleman with the long hair was about to leave. And so I saw the pastor talking to him as he exited the door, and I thought that, you know, he was just saying, hey, I'm glad you're here. You know what I mean? Like everything that I heard her say to him. And then right before he walked out of the door, I heard the pastor of the church say to him, um, it, before you come back in these doors, you need to cut your hair.
0: Mm.
1: And it was one of those moments where it was like, like it rocked me. it was it, it rocked me now I had already been kind of discouraged at the hypocrisy in the church you know um, I I'd, al- I'd been surprised by the fact that the church wasn't perfect because I thought that's what it was so that was a bunch of Christians and we got all right. it all together and and we would be nice and kind and appropriate and you know all those things. And it just kind of rocked me. I was like, what is What is this? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. You know what I mean? And it really bothered me. I mean, it formed me, too. I've told that story, I think, on the podcast before. I know I've told it in preaching before. But it was one of those formative moments where I was like, I, this is going to form who I am as a Christian. And especially, I didn't know it at the time, but it was forming... Um, who I would be in leadership, or the tone of church that I would lead, that would that we would set. Does that make any sense? You know yes. what I mean. And so, um, it was years of discouragement before I realized that Jesus Himself had a fake in His group too, right? Wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like for real. And and Paul, the Apostle Paul, he loved a church as messed up as the church at Corinth. Which is where we get, you know, First Corinthians thirteen, right? Where we get the proverbial um, uh, wedding verse, you know, that love is patient, love is kind, and we just used part of that verse, I believe, at your wedding, you know. I believe Um, so. Just, I think so. I don't remember, Um, and I did it, but anyway, you know, like 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 Paul loved a church as jacked up as the church at Corinth. I mean, they had some significant issues. I mean, why do you think he's talking to them about love and the way he talks to them? Um, about it being patient and kind and all those things. He's not giving them a wedding scripture. Matter of fact, that scripture is not even – it doesn't really for weddings. It just, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's what was going on. It took me some time to learn that the church actually exists for the sick and the needy. Um, you know, like the church is a hospital. It is an emergency room. It's not a cruise ship, Right. And it took me a while to realize that the church exists for the sick and the needy, of which I am one, too. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're looking for a perfect church, you're never going to find one. Because on this side of eternity, they don't exist, right? The church is only perfected when Jesus comes back and perfects his church, right? So Mm -hmm. the church is full of messy, jacked-up people, and you're never going to find the perfect church. As a matter of fact, here's an old saying if you if you go looking and you find the perfect church, do not join it because you will mess it up then right because it's it there aren't any perfect churches, right I mean if you're looking for a church that is you know that doesn't have sinfulness and doesn't have judgment and that that you're not gonna find it it doesn't exist right um it's just it's just part of it you know people all the time will will say, you'll find out I'm a pastor or whatever and they'll say you know like you know, oh, I can't go to church. I'm, you know, um, I, I, church is just full of hypocrites. And my answer back to that is, is that's true. There's always room for another one, though. You know, there's always room for one <laughs> yeah. more. You know, um, it, it, it's. it took me some time to realize that the church is for the sick and the needy. And uh, that means people like me, not I'm excluded from that. Right. That that's me, too, that I'm jacked up, that I'm messed up as well. And and think about this. Think about this jesus led uh he launched the church right i mean no no discussion about that jesus launched the church and it was messy and it was led by flawed leaders from the Mm get-go right and so as jesus is on earth the church that he's launching as he's there is full of jacked up people right off the bat so of course um you know thousands of years later we're going to still be messy and jacked up, right? The church has significant issues. that the, the early church launched um, in a time where the culture was shifting and political and religious leaders didn't agree anymore and the fledgling churches had their own internal problems. That should sound familiar. That sounds like the time frame we live in right now. Like that's always been – the issue, right? That there's always been culture shifting like it is now. Yes. There's always been tension between political and religious leaders. There's always been an abuse of, po- of power on both sides mm-hmm. where the where the political leaders abuse the religious leaders' power and the religious leaders abuse the political leaders' power. And we're, we're in a season of that right now. And that churches are struggling because they got their own internal issues, right? That should sound familiar to you because that's what's going on now. And so the church is always going to struggle, you know, it's always going to be a hot mess until it's perfected um, by the bridegroom coming back and purifying the bride completely, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and this is hard. Like, this This is difficult. Nothing challenges us more than when we realize that the church we're a part of, the little, the little ca- lowercase c church we're a part of, has issues and problems, right? And yep. it does. So Steph and I... Um, among several other people, of course, helped start the church we're a part of now. We planted it. And uh, I can tell you from the get-go it had problems. And now, um, 11 years later, it still has problems. It has yeah. issues. It has it has big issues. I remember not that long ago, a couple of years ago, somebody sat down in the church with me. They came to meet with me. and And, and this is going to sound bad to say, but I'm just being honest as a pastor. Nine times out of ten... It actually is probably more than that. 19 times out of 20. When somebody says, "Adam, can I meet with you?" it's never good. Right? So, it, I mean, it's just not. That's part of the role of being a pastor. Like there are there are issues that they have in their life, their personal life, their family, right? Something something's going on or there's some greater issue with the church, some greater problem, something's happening, right? So, I mean, it's just yeah. the majority of the time. I mean, it is a rare occasion where somebody sets up a meeting. With me, and by the way, my rule is, is I will meet with anybody in the church as long as they're willing to wait a little time for that to pop up on the calendar, right? Yeah. And so, you know, am I going, like, you know, I'm called today, and I'll to meet with you in 12 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, as, long as, you're, realistic. as long as you're willing to make an appointment, maybe wait a week, you know, depends on what it is. Um, I'll meet with anybody in the church. And it is a rare occasion that somebody meets with me, sets up a meeting and comes in and says, and the whole point of the meeting is something good. Like it never happens. I just had one happen recently, last week, that's the first time in probably three, four months, right? So there's always some sort of issues and some sort of problems. And I remember several years ago, I don't remember how long it was ago, but several years ago, somebody came to meet with me, um, and I completely did not expect this. I just didn't expect this is where it was going. And they sat down and they said, um, our family's leaving the church. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, well, thanks for telling me first, because most of the time people don't ever sell it, right? They just leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they pulled out a piece of paper, and they had a list of ten things. Excuse me. It, it was a list of nine things that they loved about the church. And one thing they didn't in their list. They had written a list, and they were like, and I don't remember what the list was now, but they were like, we we love nine out of ten things about this church. And then I let them go through the whole thing. And then my reply back was you love 9 out of 10 things about a church and you're going to leave it. I said I planted this church.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: my baby and I don't love 9 out of 10 things about it. You know All what right. I mean? Like my list ain't even that long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's there's I know that there's issues and problems and things we don't do well and things we've done wrong and things we overlook and things we ain't figured out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like I get it. Um, but there are no perfect churches. And so, right. like, I really do think it's helpful as a young Christian or if you are a, a Christ follower who's, who's starting to get serious, right? Mm-hmm. It is important to know that you are not going to find the perfect church. And if you do, the minute you show up, it's not perfect no more because you are jacked up, right? You're not going to find a perfect church. And that helps us to know, like, in advance that we're not walking in somewhere expecting things to be perfect and right, right? I mean, it's just not going to be the case, right? And so um, I made a little short list um, of ways to kind of handle this concept of the fact that there's no perfect churches, right? I don't have a title for this list. I don't even know if it makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I told Stephanie these earlier, and she didn't say anything of them wrong, any of them are wrong, so we're going to go with it. So Um, Does that make sense? I'm going to give you five.
0: Yeah. Five is great, and I think that's manageable. Okay. All
1: right. Good. All right. I'm going to give you five, right? Here's number one. See the church as beautiful in its flaws. Mm -hmm. Like, don't just see the church as a beautiful thing, period. And don't just see the church without flaws, and don't just stare at the flaws. Like, see the church as a beautiful creation by God Almighty Himself in its flaws, not outside of the flaws. Like, for example— I don't know how you feel about this, or your husband Jonathan, but I really like a nice, clean-cut yard. Like Mm -hmm. when the yard is cut and it looks good. You know what I'm talking about? Like Mm -hmm. everything's trimmed, and even sometimes when you get those lines on the mower, right there is I got just I just love it. Now we live in the country, so we don't have real grass. We have fields that we now cut, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just weeds and all kinds of stuff that we keep cut short. But like you know those, you know when you're driving through a neighborhood. And uh, like a nice neighborhood somewhere where it's like suburban, because we don't really have suburbs here. And everybody's got these small, short yards, and they're perfectly cut. And the grass looks like – it looks like you want to walk on it on your bare feet because it looks like carpet. You know what I'm talking about? Like
0: Yeah, that's the Michigan yeah. Uh, neighborhoods. Yeah you, yeah, yeah, you know, right. You saw mm-hmm. them.
1: Right, small little small, yards, and they keep them cut just perfectly. Like there is something beautiful about a nicely, perfect, perfectly manicured yard but that same yard in the wintertime turns brown, mm-hmm. right? And it gets kind of crusty. Um, it's still beautiful in the wintertime. It's just harder to see it. You know what I mean? Like, like um, I stole this quote from somebody earlier that nature isn't perfect at all, but it's still beautiful. That's right. Like you don't go out and see a perfect tree. They don't exist. Go look at them. You cannot find exact perfect symmetry in every piece of that tree. Um, and in, even in the greatest tree you could find, there's going to be some limbs that are kind of weeny, and some mm-hmm. limbs that are broke and some that are, are, you know, struggling compared to the other ones. There's going to be there's going to be marks on the tree. There's going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like nature is not perfect at all, but it's still beautiful. That's the whole point here. Um, church is very similar to that. As in nature, right? That God has created nature. It is beautiful, right? It is breathtaking. And if you look at the church and look for the beauty, you will see the beauty even amidst all its flaws, right? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so we all see what we look for. Like... If you, if, you're, if you want to go in this world and you want to look for problems, you're going to find problems. Yes. If you want to look That's for beauty in this world right here, there is beauty to be seen. And I know we live in a jacked up world. I get it. I know there's all kinds of tragedies and travesties of justice that happen around us all the time, right? But mm-hmm. if you want to see beauty, there's beauty to be seen. And we all see what we look for. And so you, the, the church is a beautiful creation of God, right? I mean, I want you to think about this concept That no matter who you are, where you're from, what color you are, what language you speak, you can be part of this family. And this family fully represents all of God's creation. Like, it is absolutely beautiful. The church is diverse in its creation, and it's beautiful in its diversity. Mm -hmm. But in its diversity, there's going to be all kinds of problems because we're diverse. We're different. You know what I mean? So people from different backgrounds, like, we lead a church that... that. And like we're getting ready to go into the next election season, but go to the past one where half the cars in the parking lot had Trump stickers and half the cars had Biden stickers or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and people are from completely different backgrounds, and there's black people and there's white people and there's people that are mixed race. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're of two different races, right? Um, Stephanie is one of those people yes. sitting in front of me right now. Like, it's a beautiful thing. It and it is. And there's people that have money and there's people that don't. There's people that are poor, there's people that are wealthy. There's people that are educated. There's people that are uneducated. There's blue collar workers. There's white collar workers. Right. People um, with disabilities. It, there's people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Is a great point. Right. Like different different ways in which they learn. Different ways in which they function. There's people that like I, I, on Sunday. There's 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 a lady at church who's missing an arm. You right, know. I mean, i just come up with all kinds of stuff. And because we have all those different backgrounds, because of the diversity, first off, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Like, there is nothing in the world that can bring people as different together as the church can. Right. right? That yep. we're all united in the common love of Jesus. Um, but that's going to create problems because we as humans are going to have issues. You know? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to struggle because we're so different. Um. So you can see the beauty if you want to. You see what you look for, that's and so right. try to see the beauty in the church despite the church's flaws, right? Yes. Um, that's number one, all right? I don't know what kind of list I'm forming, but that's the first one. <laughs> all right, the second one, and, and I'm going to get Steph to give us a scripture reference in a second, but the second one is view problems in the church as opportunities for progress. Like the issues that the church has, view them as way as ways in which we can grow and become closer to being that purified bride that's presented to Jesus in its full glory, right? Yeah. Like that we are, we are not we are not where we want to be, but thank God we ain't where we used to be. Amen. And we're moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. And so try to view the problems in the church as not just issues that we can't get past, but opportunities for us to progress and yeah. to grow, right? Look at the problems in the church the same way you look at problems in your life. The problems in your life, the sinfulness in your life is opportunities for further sanctification, That's right. for the Holy Spirit to grow you. Same thing with the collective church body. Yeah, well, um, and, and it's been this way. Like the church has had problems since the beginning, and when the problem is presented, um, you have to look at it as, as a way to move forward and how do we grow. Like, for example, in Acts chapter 6, Steph's going to read this in a second, 2 through 4, there is a problem that has been presented to the church leaders. They are failing at something. They aren't doing something well. And it's something that's near and dear to the heart of Jesus, right? They're, they're not doing this right. And so there's this big problem. And watch what happens. This is Acts 6, 2 through 4. Steph, read it for me. I don't know what we're reading. NIV, we're reading ESV. You this is actually NIV. That'll be Steph V. Steph V. Steph V. Steph V. <laughs>
0: No, I'm not that clever. Um, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn their this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word.
1: Yeah. So what's happened is, is they've realized what's been brought to their attention is that their wait that weight tables reference is a reference to, we got people hungry and we ain't feeding them, right? Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got widows and orphans and those who don't have anything. And we've neglected to be able to minister to our own in that way. And so in other words, there are people in the church who need to be served and are unseen, by the leadership. That's what that means. Yeah. Right? That's what's happening. And so what do they do instead? Instead of going, "Oh man, yeah, well, we don't just we don't do that at this church. We're going to do this." Or instead of going, "Well, we failed. We've completely failed Jesus because we're not feeding our people. Shut the church down, find new leaders. It's over with," right? And the people presenting the problem aren't going, "You don't do this." And so we're leaving to find a church that does, which mm-hmm. is what people do. Instead, they 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 basically institute deacons right here in this moment. And then they go – and then what ends up happening is is there's a separation of responsibility that goes down. And so what you see happening here is all of a sudden this elder, deacon – some churches use those phrases, right? Yeah. Separation happen to where – or you could say it like this, the leaders of the church and then the serving body of the church, which is all a deacon is, by the way, is the serving body of the church – you see them all of a sudden start to discern responsibility. So they put those people in charge of, no, we do need to feed these people. We do need to care for them. Let's put some people in charge of that. This is a room for us to grow. And then they end up saying, we've got to, we must, as the leaders of this church, focus on the word and prayer, right? That we've got to be leading the church in in the fact that we're going to minister in the word, we're going to be in the word, we're going to teach the word, we're going to preach the word, and we're going to be consistent and aggressive in our prayers. And so you see them kind of you see them kind of separate those things. So what I'm saying is is that this has always been the case. View problems in the church which you will encounter. So when you see problems in your church, wherever that church is. We got a, we had a lady listening last week um in India. Right? I don't know how she speaks English, but she reached out to us, right? She was listening, she referenced one of the episodes. It's pretty cool. Wow. Right? So she must know some English cuz and she must be good at English. Because she's deciphering mine and your country slang over here. Heck you know yeah! What I mean? So
0: cornbread. Like,
1: like if you're in a church in <laughs> India, <laughs> cornbread. She probably don't know what cornbread is. Um, if you're in a church in India and you see problems in your church, you're going to see them. Is what I'm trying to say. No matter mm-hmm. where your church is, look at those as opportunities for us as a church to grow, right? For us to get better, for us to to be further sanctified in our in the grace of Jesus, in our salvation, right? To grow in it as a church body, yeah. just like you would yourself individually, that's right? right. just like you would your kids. I mean, you look at your kids and you go, all right, well, they're struggling at this, but that's an opportunity for them to do this or get better or, or this is where they can improve. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you look at a kid's report card and you got one grade that, that is lower. Well, that's the one you end up focusing on, right? So that they can improve, right? Um, so that's the number two. So number one, let me recap real quick, get myself straight straight. See the church is beautiful in its flaws. All right, you, you you see what you look for, and then view problems as an opportunity for progress. And we gave you an example from Acts. Here's number three. Don't get defensive about the areas where your church isn't great, All right? Don't get defensive about it. There are churches around you who are going to be better at some things than you are. Yeah. That's yet again the beautiful piece of how God has created his church. I mean, think about the fact that there's different iterations of church everywhere, Right. The, it, the diversity of the expression of the church is a beautiful thing. So not just the diversity of the people within the church, but the fact that certain churches are called to certain pieces of the mission in certain ways, right? Like you've got churches that are called specifically to feeding programs and those kind of things, right? And you've got churches that are called specifically to reaching certain neighborhoods, right? You've got churches that are called specifically to... Spanish-related ministry in an area where there's are Spanish-speaking people, right? You know yeah, what I mean. Like, exactly. you've got churches that are called and equipped specifically to help with um, building needs that happen, right? Or natural disasters, or whatever. You've got churches that are equipped sp- specifically equipped to speak to um, people who are atheists, right? Not necessarily a seeker. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you've got people that are designed, you know, that, that God's put put this gifting in them, right? And and laid the Holy Spirit on them in that way. So the diversity of expression of the church is a beautiful thing too. Um, but the one thing that all churches must have in common is that we must make disciples. Right? That's right. If you're not if you're not making disciples, you're not a church. Um, you're a social club. You're a nonprofit. You're a business. Um, to be a church means that you have to be about the business of your Savior, and He was about the business of making disciples. And so, um, but but what I'm saying is is that there's going to be some things that your church don't do as well, or that your church has problems with that other churches don't. Don't get defensive about it, mm-hmm. right? Don't don't get defenses when your church isn't great. See, like for me personally, the flaws that we have in our church—I mean, there's a lot of them. The flaws that we have and the ministries that need an improvement, that motivates me. Yes. Like I'm motivated, okay, this is junk. This is crap. We're not doing good with this. I'm motivated. And the reason I, the reason I get motivated about it is, is that I get to be a part of a team, a group of people that makes that better. Mm-hmm. And so don't get defensive about it because your church isn't well, doesn't do something well, or it's got these struggles or issues. Look at it as you get to be part of the team of people of God that can do something about it. That's right. And change it like for the next generation. You know? Yeah. If you're a part, I'm just making up stuff, but if you're a part of a church who does not do children's ministry well at all, don't get frustrated about that and pull your kids out and run somewhere else. If you're an older person, don't get frustrated about it and, and be like, you know, well, my kids aren't in this, but this is bad. We need good ministry for kids. Be a part of the team that changes that for the better and for the future.
0: Mm-hmm. You get a chance
1: to do that in church. Nowhere else in the world do you get a chance to see problems of a part of organizations organization that you're a part of and then actually be a part of the team that corrects it. You know, you can do that in the church, mm-hmm. right? As a matter of fact, I don't know many church leaders that would turn you down to helping with some of those needs unless you're weird and arrogant and off-putting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, So that's number three. Number four, listen to complaints but don't let them rob you of your joy, right? Even if it's from yourself, if it's from your spouse, if it's from somebody else, friend or whatever, like listen to the complaints, but don't let them steal your joy away from you. Um, That's good. You know, the, the enemy can attempt to steal your joy. Like he's pretty good at doing it too.
0: He's trying um, all the time.
1: All the time. Because he wants to rip that joy away from you, um, which, is, which is actually a false reality, because the joy that we actually have in Jesus can't be taken away. right? And so what you got to do is you've got to do what Jesus tells you to do. Resist the enemy. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's right. So you resist. You know, look, I hear the complaints. I know the church is imperfect, um, but I'm not going to let that steal my joy. And enemy, you can't take it. So I'm going to resist you, and he's going to flee. And what you're going to do instead is you're going to hold tight to your joy. Like not every day is easy and fun. I mean, if we not noticed that in life yet, you I mean, if you, you, all you got to do is adult for about five minutes and realize that not every day adulting is going to be fun. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not at all. Not every day is adulting is going to be easy, but you can always have joy in the ministry of God. Like always, but you have to choose it. That's right. You know I mean, you got to pick it. Um, it's just, like, it's just like we were saying before, you see what you want to see, you have what you want to have. If you want to have joy, you can actually have joy in the craziest of circumstances and situations, yeah. right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, But you have to pick it. You have to choose, no, I'm going to have joy. And, and the act of choosing to have joy is the act of resisting the devil and fleeing. Like, you know, when you say, I'm going to have joy no matter what, then that's saying, enemy, you ain't going to steal my joy.
0: Right? I still got joy
1: in <laughs> chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I got peace, peace that makes, makes no sense. sense. Oh, my gosh. John Stoffel just lost his mind. I was singing on the podcast when he's editing it. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. So, mm-hmm. in other words, listen to the complaints. Don't ignore them. Don't bury your head in the sand, but don't let it rob you of joy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are part of the church, you are saved and redeemed and amongst a bunch of other believers who are messy and jacked up Who are growing in Christ too, and we have joy. That's right, right. And no matter what, that's the case. And Jesus loves His bride, right? He loves Mm -hmm. His church. He does. Like, don't be messing with His church, even when you're a part of His church. Like Mm -hmm. I I say this to my kids all the time. This happens with Madeline, who's our littlest girl, (laughs) our Aiden, our boy in the middle, and Olivia, who's our 16 year old, driving on her own fancy, right. This happens with all of them at different phases. Like, for example, Madeline will say um, she's got this thing where, you know, and she's a she's a stout little girl, little girl right? She's getting mm-hmm. tall, she's stout, and she doesn't like her belly. You know how oh, girls yeah. get that early, you know, know this better than me, Steph, that early on they get this self-consciousness that I don't know where it comes from.
0: It, it literally just pops up. It happened to me too. I
1: don't know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And they get self-conscious about stuff where you're like, you're seven years old. And so I'll fuss at her. And I'll say, don't you talk about my daughter like that. Right? That's right. Don't talk about You don't talk about my daughter like that. My daughter is beautiful. You don't That's talk about right. my daughter. And then Aiden's the same way. The other day, Aiden was uh, bemoaning the fact that he's not getting tall, right? Because he hadn't fully hit puberty. He just kind of walked into it. And so he's still he still feels short, right? Mm-hmm. And his daddy's tall. And so... He's around some guys on his baseball team, and he's taller than some of them. He's shorter than some of them. He just feels like he's going to be short. And I keep telling him, you're not going to be short because your arms are like orangutan arms. I mean, his arm's going up past his knees. I'm like, you're going to be tall. Um, and, and he'll say something ugly, too. No, I won't. I'm always going to be short. And I'll say the same thing to him. Don't you talk about my son like that. Right? That's right. Them's fighting words, man. You will talk about my son. My yeah. son is strong. Battling my, that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. saying? I did the same stuff with good Olivia, That's right? Good. Same thing. Like, Jesus loves his bride. Even in her imperfections and her problems, right, even in her issues. And he knows that one day all those things are going to be perfected, but he loves his bride. So you need to be careful about talking junk and, you know, just paying you know just paying attention to the problems in the church instead of the beautifulness of the church. You need to pay attention to that, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let the issues in the church rob you of the joy that you have because Jesus loves his bride and he fights for his bride, right? That's right. And that might mean you even though yep. you in in involved in it, you know what i mean?
0: Yeah, he'll convict you.
1: Yeah, I mean you can't like you you cannot love Jesus and not love his bride. It don't that's work right. like that. Like for example, um as a pastor, you cannot be my friend and like me and hate my wife.
0: Ooh, that's right.
1: Y'all we ain't going to have no relationship. That's right. Because you can't like me and then not like her.
0: That's disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. just not going to.
1: And it's the same thing with Christ and his church. And That's so right. don't, you know, pay attention to the issues, listen to the complaints, see what's up with the church, but do not let it steal your joy. And here's my last one. We'll wrap up. Woo-hoo. I don't know how we're doing on time because the little thing the, keeps jumping the, around. The, I can't tell what it's doing. minutes. Um, almost 35. Oh, we're, we're way beyond then. I got to hurry up. All right. Here's my fifth <laughs> one. Uh, and this one, none of you are going to like when I say this. Who's the last one? Don't leave when it gets tough.
0: That's a good one.
1: Quit quitting. Yeah. Right? Commit. Church, quit quitting. Yeah. Now, I'm not telling you not to never leave your church and go somewhere else to another church. You go where God leads you. That's right. But make sure it's the Spirit actually leading you and you not deciding, well, this church has these flaws and these issues, and so I'm quitting. It's tough here. It's hard here. Don't leave when things get tough. Be aware. We'll wrap up with this one. because so I don't think I need to say much on this topic. Right. Be aware of the green grass syndrome. You know what I mean? Green mm-hmm. grass syndrome is, yeah. is that, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time the grass is greener on the other side of the fence because there's a septic tank under that grass, right? Yeah. That's why it's growing, right? And, and here's what you need to know. Gr- grass is greener where you water it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So water it. So grow your own green grass. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't quit when it gets tough. Hang in there. Quit quitting. There's so many people who decide this church doesn't do this right. I don't like this. Like, I'll go back to that example. Nine out of ten things we love. We don't love the tenth one. Don't quit that church. You know, now if there is something morally wrong, ethically wrong, if you sense that there is a biblical incongruency that you cannot reconcile, if it's a vision you cannot get behind, right, then you need to go where the Holy Spirit calls you to go. Yeah. But just because the church has issues, don't think the grass is greener on the other side and you're going to go to a church where it doesn't have issues, right? Yeah. When you're, when you're at a smaller church and you're like, man, we don't do this well, we don't do this well, and then you go to the mega church, and you're like, oh, they do all these things right. Just wait. You're going to find that they do stuff that's wrong, too.
0: There's going to be imperfections.
1: And, and it's probably the stuff that the other church did well. Right. Like it's like the the bigger church may do the services better, the messages may be better, the worship may be better, the the attention to detail may be better. right? Rights are better, right? All that stuff. The mm-hmm. greeting, the 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 welcoming environment, the programming mm-hmm. may be better. Coffee's more expensive, right? <laughs> but I bet you their community sucks compared to the community at the smaller church. That's right. It's usually be hard, right? Yeah. It's always going to be something. So, last one: um, don't quit when it gets tough. Quit quitting on your church. Um step in, be a part of the problem to solve those things. Be a part of um us preparing ourselves for that second coming of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That we're 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 getting better every day. We're growing every day in the Holy Spirit, right? Not just from us trying, but in the Holy Spirit. So what we right. wish somebody would have told us and I'll stop talking <laughs> is um churches aren't perfect. They're not. Right. Um so don't get discouraged. And be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Um, and realize that the church is absolutely beautiful, even with all its issues. So that's all yeah. we got. We got one more in the series coming at you next. That's all I got so right now. So
0: crazy. Make sure to follow us on Instagram on and Facebook.
1: Yep, we're on both of those. We're and not f- yeah. we're not on uh, X or Twitter or Y, whatever it's called now. I think it's X. X, we're not on that. But
0: I'm not even on that, so <laughs> we're not I on don't that. think a lot of people are.
1: We're not on that at all.
0: Um. I will also say, if you have any questions about what we've talked about today or like any of those steps, you know, don't just assume, ask, you know, we are glad to just, you know, answer your questions, just shoot us a comment on one of our social medias or even an email.
1: Yeah. And by the way, also, um, if you want to tell us like a a possible topic for the future, like we know we're in between series, let us know. We'd love to have your input. We want this to be helpful. That's the whole point of the podcast. Right. And so... Uh, we want to answer questions that you may have. So if you got an idea for a series or something you want us to talk through, we'd love to talk through it.
0: Yeah. Let well. Us know. Thanks for joining us. We'll right, see guys. you next time. See you later.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.